This is Jim Wallace. This is a, a moment in which the soul of the nation is indeed clearly at stake. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave. If you're complaining all the time, very simply, you can leave. You can leave right now. They can leave. They can leave. And you know what? I'm, I'm sure that there'll be many people that won't miss them. In one case, you have somebody that comes from Somalia, which is a failed government, a failed state, who left Somalia, who ultimately came here, and now is a congresswoman who's never happy. They hate our country. They hate it, I think, with a passion. Racism is a sin, and that has been biblically established. It was and is America's original sin. Racism is notoriously both implicit and explicit, but covert and overt racism must be acknowledged and repented. When racism is made explicit and overt in the public arena, it must be named and called out for what it is, especially when the comments come from the President of the United States. Donald Trump's tweeted and spoken racial assaults on four women of color duly elected to the U.S. Congress are a public sin that must be called out. Who will do that and who will not? Trump's tweets on Sunday and comments at the White House since telling four members of Congress Let's name them. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Representative Ilhan Omar, Representative Ayanna Presley, and Representative Rashida Tlaib to go back to the countries they came from is painfully reminiscent of what people and families of color have been told from the moment they arrived in America by far too many white people, all of whom were also immigrants at some point or were settlers who stole the lands of indigenous peoples and tried to wipe them away. Such comments are always racist. They are offensive to our founding ideals, despite how badly those principles were flawed and inconsistent by race and gender in their application. But an attack on persons of color, all made in the image of God, and deserving, therefore, of equal dignity and respect as God's children and as U.S. citizens, is offensive to God. The real issues are not the Congresswomen's individual or collective political views, nor their leadership styles, on which there are differing views even within the Democratic Party. The issue is their faces, which are black and brown, the faces Donald Trump and many of his supporters don't want to see in American politics. Who will stand up and speak out, and who will not? Standing up and speaking out is increasingly important, given what we are now clearly seeing. The racism of Donald Trump is not just a sin, it is a political strategy. Let me say that again. 
the racism of Donald Trump is not just a sin. It is a political strategy, his strategy. From the beginning of the Trump presidency, and even in his candidacy, some of us have pointed to Trump's direct and deliberate plans to fuel racial fear and hatred for his own political gain. And that is clearly now his plan for re-election, a strategy based on stoking racism, xenophobia, and white nationalism. Who will call that out and who won't? When you begin your political career with the racialized conspiracy of birtherism against the first black president, start your presidential campaign right after coming down the escalator at Trump Tower with the demonization of immigrants, exactly as all the would-be strongmen autocratic leaders around the world are doing, regularly attack Muslims, Mexican judges, black athletes, brown asylum seekers, labeling them as criminals, ready to invade and infest America, and call many black and brown countries asshole countries, you are deliberately, deliberately creating a toxic mix of white nationalism, born in racism and xenophobia, that even calls white and violent white nationalists fine people. From all that, it is perfectly natural and consistent to tell four brown and black congresswomen they should go back to where they came from. While implicit racism has been in all American politics since the beginning, and quite honestly, has been far too common in Republican politics for decades now since Nixon's use of the Southern strategy, Donald Trump has made this more and more explicit as President of the United States. All of this defies our nation's founding ideals and the principles of Christian faith. None of this, though, has so far been enough for Trump's political and religious supporters to call out his racism. While this week's words from the occupant of the White House, denounced by many across political boundaries as blatant racism or flat-out racism, none of this causes his Republican Party and his evangelical religious chaplains to call out Donald Trump's racism. Will we see that? or not. So far, both the Republican leaders of the House and Senate have refused to criticize their leaders' comments and have emphatically proclaimed, quote, the president is not a racist, unquote. Racists rarely ever admit to being one. Only four Republicans so far, including Will Hurd, the only African-American Republican in the Congress, another retiring member of Congress, and two others in trouble in swing states voted to sign the congressional resolution against the president's racist tweets and pronouncements. Painfully, for many principled conservatives and historic Republicans, many of whom I know, these issues are now breaking down literally across party lines. Support for racism is becoming a partisan issue. The data is frightening. New polling released this week 
paints a grim picture. While 68% of respondents saw Trump's tweets as offensive, there's an alarming partisan divide here. 93% of Democrats and 68% of independents found the tweets offensive, but only 37% of Republicans did. A majority, 57% of Republicans said they agreed with Trump's tweets, compared with 7% of Democrats. I find that alarming. Fox News reporter John Roberts asked Trump on Monday, Does it concern you that many people saw that tweet as racist and that uh, white nationalist groups are finding common cause with you on that point? It doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. Who does and who doesn't agree on these vital matters of racism and America's future is what puts the soul of the nation now literally at stake. The moral duty to name and reject racism cannot only fall on the shoulders of people of color, those who are being targeted and assaulted. It must also include other white people in this nation. The four congresswomen have already forcefully responded to Trump's assault on them. Our squad is big. Our squad includes any person committed to building a more equitable and just world. This is not the first, nor will it be the last time we hear disgusting, bigoted language from the president. We know this is who he is. Weak minds and leaders challenge loyalty to our country in order to avoid challenging and debating the policy. He would love nothing more than to divide our country based on race, religion, gender, orientation, or immigration status. The courage they showed literally puts a target on their backs and even threatens them with violence. The entire Congressional Black Caucus has spoken out. When will this president stop? Just when we think he's hit bottom, he finds 10 feet lower to go. And his assault, his racist, bigoted, stereotyped, assault on the four women, I thought was just so disgusting and despicable for the leader of our country to do that in such a, a old-fashioned, stereotyped way. And then what made me even sadder was the fact that my Republican colleagues could not even call that racism. Mm. They said, no, there was nothing racist about that. That was just pathetic. And countless religious leaders of color have also spoken out. But if we hear silence from white people of faith, we are in deep spiritual trouble. Christian moral objection to the president's racist language must grow every day and from many quarters, but so far no word at all from the president's most prominent evangelical. Those Trump supporters have other issues and moral concerns including differences with Democrats on abortion, as others of us do too. But will they call out the president on racism that has now become an urgent moral and theological test? I have decided to reach out to five of those Trump evangelical advisors, supporters, and sometimes surrogates with whom I have had some 
personal contact. And I request that all of you do the same. Reach out to them. First is Robert Jeffress, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, whom I recently met on a radio show where we were interviewed together. At a few points, Reverend Jeffress told the NPR audience that he agreed with me about how crucial a multiracial church was to America going forward. So I have contacted him to ask if he will call out these racist tweets and comments from Donald Trump. You could ask him too. His Twitter handle is at Robert Jeffress, J-E-F-F-R-E-S-S. Ralph Reed, who leads the Faith and Freedom Coalition, and I have had a few meals and conversations together. He feels strongly about other moral issues, which we have also discussed. But I have now asked Ralph whether he will call out these presidential racist comments. You can too, at Ralph Reed. I have seldom met Franklin Graham, whose father Billy Graham and I were longtime friends. But Graham spoke out, as I did, about how wrong it was to separate migrant children from their parents on the southern border. So I just reached out to him to ask if he will now openly challenge the president's racist language. You can too, at Franklin underscore Graham. Samuel Rodriguez is an old friend who, as a Hispanic pastor and Christian leader, of course, cares about immigration issues. I just emailed Sam to ask him if he would speak out against this racist rhetoric from Donald Trump, who regularly uses that same poisonous language to attack immigrants. You can, too, reach out to Sam at NHCLC. I don't know Paula White Kane, who is the senior pastor and evangelist of New Destiny Christian Center in Orlando, Florida, as well as an author and TV personality, and apparently has lots of influence with Donald Trump. But I've spoken to some other megachurch pastors who are close to her, so I've emailed her too, referencing our mutual contacts, asking her to speak out to fellow Christian leaders against the president's racist comments, you can reach her at Paula underscore White. You can also ask your local pastor whether he or she will speak out clearly, will speak out clearly against the racist tweets and comments by the president, no matter how their congregants feel on other political issues. Ask the same questions of your congregational members or your friends or even your family, risking difficult dinner table conversations. The upcoming presidential election is becoming a referendum on racism and xenophobia, which means the central national question, and I believe the Christian question, will be who will call out the racism for the sake of our country's best founding ideals, for the sake of the gospel, and our Christian witness in the world, and for the sake 
of the soul of this nation. Trump's top aides now openly say that he is not really working to bring in more people from the moderate or independent voting constituencies, but rather intends to reach out even more to his white base and seek to expand it. Therefore, racism and a literal and direct appeal to white nationalism is Trump's political strategy. Donald Trump is running on racism. And that must become the fundamental moral challenge to anyone who calls themselves a Christian, no matter what their views on other important policy issues. As pointed out on Morning Joe this week, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission on Anti-Discrimination Laws, that's what governs behavior in the workplace, says this, Examples of potentially unlawful conduct include insults, taunts, or ethnic epithets, such as making fun of a person's foreign accent or, listen to this, comments like, go back to where you came from, whether made by supervisors or coworkers. That means Donald Trump's tweets and speeches and his white base's supportive chants are not only racist and wrong, they are illegal. They are against the law. The host of Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough, who habitually calls himself still a conservative and has all week, said, The U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the federal agency that Donald Trump oversees that enforces laws against discrimination specifically outlined such language that the president used last night and that his crowd used last night as an example of bias in a section on national origin and anti-discrimination laws their website the federal government's website president trump's website says ethnic slurs and other verbal and physical conduct because of nationality are illegal They are illegal if they're severe and pervasive and create an intimidating, hostile, or offensive working environment that interfere with work performance or negatively affect job opportunities. It goes on to say, in Donald Trump's government, examples of potentially unlawful conduct include insults, taunting, or ethnic epitaphs, such as making fun of a person's foreign accents, or, wait for it, comments like, go back to where you came from. This is not a theoretical discussion. This is the law of the land. And if Donald Trump had said, go back to where you came from in any any private company, or if all of those people chanting that last night say it in their work today, they will be sued, could be sued. And guess what? The federal government wins those suits. What Trump did that night in lying about and then demonizing Representative Omar, who is indeed an immigrant to America, then stepping back from the podium and encouraging his angry supporters to chant, send her back over and over again. That is not only un-American, it's antichrist meaning antithetical to the teachings of Jesus. 
and must be called out by any American who calls themselves a Christian. The next day, Donald Trump, clearly after some political calculation, did what he always does. He lied. I was not happy when I heard that chant. I was not happy with it, but what I would suggest, uh, you go there, go to North Carolina, and you ask the people, why did they say that? But that's what they said. That's what they did. You'll stop them if they try to do it again. Well, I didn't like that they did it, and I started speaking very quickly. I could have have stood back. Let's fact check this. And obviously and importantly, Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Nancy talked immediately about- tried to stop this, Donald. Immediately. There is one thing from Donald Trump's tweets I agree with. It was when he said, see you at the ballot box. And that asks all of us where the moral courage will come from among faith leaders, business leaders, and political leaders across the political spectrum before the ballots are cast in 2020. What will Christians say and do and how will they vote? Silence in the face of public evil is a fundamentally moral issue and a matter of faith. This is Jim Wallace for the soul of a nation. May God bless us.